Welcome to the Highway Hi-Fi Podcast, where we scour our vinyl collections to bring you great songs by unknown artists and unknown songs by great artists. I'm Joe. And I'm Ryan. And today, we have a spectacular special. That's right, I should have been more haunting. Well, you should have at least done a vampire impression. That was my vampire impression. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I didn't leave the house today. Does that count? <laughs> you are pale. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. And today we have a show that is completely dedicated to the uh, dark side. I hope you enjoy that. And we're going to start with a little bit of Halloween music trivia. Oh, you know more than I know. You know more. And I have the first quiz for you, Joe, and this quiz is called Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Okay. Your job, based on the lyrics that I read, name the titular ghoul, monster, freak, or villain, and the artist who, who wrote about them. Okay. Okay. Right. That sounds that's pretty straightforward. Okay. I'll read you some lyrics. You tell me the baddie. How many of these do you have? Ten. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. I mean, ooh. <laughs> I was going to do 13, but anyways. All right, let's go. Here we go. Let's do it. First one. She could have been a killer if she didn't walk the way she do, and she do. She opened strange doors that we'd never close again. She began to wail jealousy scream, waiting at the lights. Know what I mean? Is that devil with a blue dress on? Nope. What is it? Scary Monsters and Super Creatures. Oh, it was the... I, I assumed you were going to play that one, but I didn't thought... Okay. Yeah. Good Good there job. Now, all right. I'm going to do terrible at this. Uh, this is there are the some kind easy, of there things some that you think are easy that I just yeah. blank on. I know all the answers. Well, okay, here we go. Well, I saw a thing coming out of the sky. It had one long horn, one big eye. It commenced to shaking and said, Uli. Flying purple people eaters? That's correct. Yay. Purple people eater. And purple who, people eaters. Who yeah. wrote it? I don't know. I don't know. Sheb Wooly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. All right. I think you'll get this one. I'll have the veal. A lovely meal. That's how I feel. May I use your skull for a bowl? That's Tom Waits. Uh-huh. And it's from the Black Rider album. Yeah. And... Who's eating veal tonight? I don't remember what... I don't remember the song title. It is the Black Rider. So, okay. Okay. Black Rider. Okay. All right. Very good. Next one. White on white, translucent black cape, back on the rack. The bats have left the bell tower. The victims have been bled. Red velvet lines the black box. I have no idea. There's only two lines that sounded familiar at all. What is it? It is Bella Lugosi's dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Bows. Okay. All right. Here we go. Good one. I'll steal your mistress from under your nose. I'll go easy with your cold, fanged anger. I'll stick my knife right down your throat. Baby, and it hurts. I don't know. That's another <laughs> one. I don't know. What Midnight is that? Rambler by the Rolling Stones. Okay. All right. I think you did this one. Okay. Somebody seen him hanging around at the old dance hall on the outskirts of town. He looked into her eyes when she stopped him to ask if he wanted to dance. He had a face like a mask. Man in the Long Black Coat by Bob Dylan. Yes, thank you. Yep, I got one. Nick Tom is very sinister. Yeah. Okay. Here's the next one. And your face drops in a pile of flesh. Then your heart, heart pounds till it pumps in death. Prime directive, exterminate whatever stands left. Oh, wow. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, and also Ooh. Star Trekky. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Which, which band wrote pretty horrifying lyrics? 
like as a common practice. Well, the cramps did sometimes. The cramps did. I don't know who is who, who is it, it is Astro Zombies by the Misfits. Oh, okay, okay. I never okay. would I never would have gotten that. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know I have puberty rights and I have puberty wrongs. No one understood me. All my teeth were so long, and no one made me stop. I have never. I don't recall ever hearing those words. You just named band. Cramps. Yep. Okay. Who has long? Uh, long Human feet? fly. No, I don't know. I um. I don't know who the is teenager it. werewolf. Okay. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Joe. This must be way too hard. Okay. No, no, I just don't know. I don't know half of the lyrics for a lot of these songs. I think it'd be hard. Any song when you read the lyrics doesn't mm-hmm. sound right. I think you got. Yep. I don't know if you get this. Relatives have passed her by. Too scared to even say hello. She's in perpetual midnight. She shuts out the day and goes about her sinful ways. Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Yes. Wicked Annabelle by the Kinks. All right. I put this one last. I think you can recover. Dog Boy, Atlas, Mandrake, the Geeks, the Hired Hands. There is not one among them that did not cast an eye behind in hopes that he would return to his own kind. I don't know. That sounds like the, maybe the Carney yes. um, by Nick Cave. Got that's the only... Oh, I got Ooh, Great. Lucky. All right. Well... Happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that trivia was scary. Okay, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, we're still trying to gauge how hard we should make it. But yeah, yeah, those that hopefully was... a few people out there got a few of them. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, probably got more than I did. Okay, <laughs> so my audio quiz today is going to be very basic. I'm going to play seven tracks, twenty seconds of seven tracks each. All I need you to do is tell me the song and the artist. Okay. And these are creepy songs. Creepy songs. Songs that sort of, that kind of creep me out. Okay. Okay. All right. So, here we go. Track one. Brother, may it serve you well. Track six. Track 
Jackson. Track seven. It was hard, the garage fetted to address for some marvelous delicious went to the special than being at home, being the cold, living alone. Okay, so I think we're even now. Those were my tracks. Ooh, that was hard. And I don't. Based on the look on your face, which I don't usually get to see when we're doing this show, I am very happy with myself, and you look scared. Apparently Halloween is just a day that Joe and I try to make each other look horrible. Yeah, yeah. I got two. I'm, I'm confident on two. I got a couple other guesses. Okay. No good, good. Yeah, these are really tough, but they are really creepy songs. And I think uh, just yeah, fun. I was terrified. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay, so I think we are ready to move into Turntable Talk. I think we are. Everybody is talking at me I don't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind For my turntable talk on this uh, spooky episode, I'm going to talk about the long and sordid history of backmasking in music. Now, backmasking is a recording technique in which a sound or, or words or message is recorded backward onto a track. Backmasking is a deliberate, purposeful process. Where it gets confused is that a lot of times people would play songs backwards and they may hear messages through what's called phonetic reversal. And that's generally where the controversies come up. We're going to talk a lot about that uh, when we get to uh, the 70s and the 80s. So uh, the reverse human voice, as well as reverse just instruments in, in general, just give a weird effect. It's kind of like an otherworldly effect. And there may be a little bit of uh, Uncanny Valley, where it's close enough to something that sounds right, but far enough away that it's disturbing. Of course, there's a lot of later controversies, because they said that these could have subliminal effects, and that they could be used for nefarious purposes. Sometimes maybe they were. So we're going we're gonna to talk all about that. But let's step back in time. And the, listening to music backwards is nothing new. In 1878, Thomas Edison noted that when music is played backwards... The song is melodious in many cases, and uh, some strains are even sweet and novel, but altogether different from the song reproduced in the right way. So apparently Thomas Edison was sitting there with his granny phone, spinning the record backwards and listening to it, because it is a kind of hypnotizing, cool sound. So he would have noticed at that point that satisfaction sounds just as good backwards. That's right, yeah. I'm sure he did. And so <laughs> Aleister Crowley would uh, advise other uh, musicians, or uh, not musicians, magicians, that they should be training themselves to listen and speak and read backwards. And so uh, he suggested uh, in his uh, 1913 book, Magic Book 4, that you should train yourself, train him, uh, an adept magician would train himself to think backwards by external means. I don't exactly know what that means, <laughs> um, but he did even say, listen to phonograph records reversed. This link between Crowley would pop up again with another band we're going to talk about, Led Zeppelin. And uh, Led Zeppelin had one of the most famous supposed backwards messages. So we're going to jump from uh, Thomas Edison Crowley to the Beatles, which the Beatles seem to be pioneers in weirdness and in, in albums and music and vinyl. In the 50s, two things happened. 
Reel-to-reel tapes became widely available, and that made playing backwards tapes much, much easier. And there was a development of what's called musique concrete, which is an avant-garde form of electronic music, which involves editing together fragments of natural and industrial sounds. Pierre Schaefer was kind of a pioneer that developed this aesthetic as using sound as the primary source of the composition. What was used to make the sound was as important as how it was being used. And Music Concrete was an influence on John Lennon and the Beatles. About the time that Revolver uh, came around, the Beatles decided to start putting some stuff backwards on their tracks. Now, there's two there's two uh, stories. John Lennon says that he was stoned and listening to the rain tapes backwards, and he decided that he wanted to put the music on backwards. George Martin says that they were messing around with the speeds of the tapes on Tomorrow Never Knows, and that he came up with the idea. So there's a little bit of controversy. They both claim to have, have done it. I mean, there was people putting backwards music on in the 50s with the real It's funny style. that this came up during that Butcher Block show we did where yes. John Lennon claimed one thing and was it Paul, Paul claimed the other. It's yeah. Like, yeah, so, so you never know. So somebody's lying. Either way. Misremembering. <laughs> well, you know, he said he was stoned while he was listening to the rain tapes. So he might have been hearing them yeah. <laughs> up, up, down, backwards, left, right. Anyways, what, however, however it worked out, whatever's idea was, Rain was the, the song Rain by the Beatles was the first song that used backmasking, this big popular song that used backmasking. And so I'm going to play that part for you. I'm going to play how it normally sounds on the record, and then immediately after I'm going to play how it sounds if you played it backwards. <laughs> part of the track where there is backwards singing and music so you can hear John Lennon being garbled and when you listen to it backwards it just says sunshine rain when the rain comes they run and hide their heads which is just the verse so basically took the verse reversed it and put it on the album that along with tomorrow never knows which has some backwards stuff kind of brought back masking into the public's eyes i mean people kind of figured out that back masking was a thing uh, what happened is the Paul is dead phenomenon kind of caught on. And so there's this theory that Paul had died and that there were clues hidden backwards in the Beatles music. The most famous of these clues was Turn Me On Dead Man, which you hear when you reverse Revolution Number 9. I'm going to play you what, I'm going to play it what it sounds forward, I'm going to play what it sounds backwards right now. Number 9, number 9, number 9, number 9, number 9. Number nine, number nine, and the man, 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 and the man,
So this would be a case, allegedly, of phonetic reversal, where they didn't intend for um, it to say, turn me on, dead man, backwards, but it does sound a little bit like that. Again, kind of depends who you believe. You believe John Lennon was this evil spirit who could who could command the power to say things forward and backwards, then he's saying, turn me on, dead man, because Paul died. But anyways, going back to the controversy, basically this DJ received a call from a student in Eastern Michigan who identified himself as Tom, and uh, the caller asked about a rumor that Paul McCartney died. And he's the one that claimed Revolution 9 had that backwards message. So the DJ, Russ Gibb, played the song backwards on the turntable over the air, and it did turn me on, dead man. Milan did, man. And so Gibb began telling his listeners about this great cover. He, he, he bought it in. So after this, rock fans all over started scouring all their records for backwards messages. And backmass words are unintelligible noise when played forward, but the backwards, backwards, it's clear. What happened is people thought they heard things. And so to listen to the backmass audio, most turntables you had to drive and then rotate it by hand. Though there are some record players that could play it backwards. But most people would sit at home, disengage their drive, and start spinning it backwards. Yeah. I actually, when I was about 14 or 15 years old, and I had my first turntable, and I was obsessed with the Beatles, I did this. Right. I mean, lo- tons of people did it. The Beatles put a real one in, but people allege that there's lots of other ones in, and they start hearing stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. There's this newfound hobby. This was also the cultural time where uh, Christian rights groups were and parents groups were rising up. And so with this new use of their kids' time sitting in the room playing records backwards listening for hidden messages, because uh, you got to remember this is post-Manson, this is the time when movies like The Exorcist and The Omen were coming out kind of playing on that. So fundamental Christian groups began claiming that backmass messages could bypass the conscious mind and reach the subconscious. So in 81, a Christian DJ began stating that Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven contained hidden messages. Play it for you. See what it sounds like to you. Okay, so this is the part of Stairway to Heaven that says if there's a bustle in your head. Okay, so you might have picked up on some stuff. You might not have. What uh, this this DJ said, and there was lots of other ones, but in the 80s, it kind of, throughout the 70s, people were doing this. In the 80s, it got to the point where people were worried about it. Uh, this DJ said that Led Zeppelin, he played backwards, said, Here's to my sweet Satan. The one whose path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He would give those with him 666. There's a little tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan. So if you didn't hear that, there's something wrong, apparently. So all I heard was, this song is overrated. This song is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) And so kind of complicating or uh, maybe stoking the fires of this was that Led Zeppelin were kind of big followers of Crowley and that uh, Jimmy Page had moved into Crowley's house or mansion at, during the time of, of so there was there was some connection between Crowley who, who definitely did say you should listen to music backwards and Led Zeppelin. This expanded to lots of other bands. Queen allegedly had some stuff, the Rolling Stones, and my personal favorite is ELO. And so I am going to quiz you, Joe. I'm going to play this okay. ELO, ELO snippet backwards, and I want to see how close you get to what people said it 
Okay, okay, this is great. I'm gonna go ahead and play it backwards now. Alright, so Joe, you listened to a backwards version of El Dorado by the Electric Light Orchestra, which is one of my favorite records. What message did you hear? I was very intently trying to listen to words, and I heard, um, I'm trying to hear a few things, and I heard Stillwater, There Was Sad, Me and the Dead Man is Divine, and Falling to Me. Pretty good! Pretty good. What people said is that if you played this backwards, this clip that Joe listened to, it said, He is the nasty one. Christ, you're infernal. It said, We're dead men. Everyone who has the mark will live. I heard dead man. Yeah, you could, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So anyways, this is what would happen, is people would suggest these things. And so, again, this got very, very popular. Trinity Broadcasting Network in 82 hosted a show with a neuro, self-described neuroscientist, uh, William Yarrow, who argued the rock stars were working with the Church of Satan to put these subliminal messages in their records. In 82, a fundamentalist Christian pastor, Gary Greenwald, held public lectures on the dangers of back masking, uh, along with at least one uh, mass record-smashing session. During the I, same, I remember this stuff yeah, happening. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a fever across the country. Yeah. Uh, during the same year, 30 North Carolina teenagers, also led by their pastor, claimed singers had been possessed by Satan, and they were using their voices to create backward messages and held record burnings at church. It was a big deal. And so these allegations of demonic backmasking um, were also made by people who were supposed to be social psychologists, but they're mostly parents and critics of rock music and pastors. So PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center, formed in 85, also accused Led Zeppelin, as well as the Stones and Sabbath, but they also accused bands like Stax and Hall and & Oates. At one point, they made an allegation that the theme song for Mr. Ed contain messages. Of you course. remember that? Of course. No, I do not. <laughs> I am going to link the actual Chicago Tribune article from 86, May 86, about this Mr. Ed thing. It is hilarious. Apparently when you played A Horse is a Horse, the theme song contained backwards messages, and the source of these backwards messages was Satan. Do um, you know what, what it's? they claim it said? Okay. No, no. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think that's in the article. They just said... I think, no, I think actually it, this, when they said the source is Satan, that's in the song. Oh, okay, okay. Someone heard this song for Satan. Okay. Those are both in the song, I think. Anyways, so this was, like I said, there were pseudoscientists jumping on, on board with this. Uh, one of the big ones was this guy, David John Oates, and he said that the subconscious mind can decipher these phonetic reversals, even though there's no proof of that, or that a person's behavior can be influenced by the patterns because there's recognizable patterns and that these backward songs give these possibilities that they can be told what they're playing for. So... Again, at this point, I want to re remind everybody we're distinguishing between backmasking, which is intentional, and these found subliminal reverse messages. So the backmasking technique goes on forever. The latter is a result of what psychologists call periodolia. That's why we see man and Mars. Right. The brain yeah. wants to recognize something yes, that is familiar. We do. Basically, what it says is that our brain is trying to make sense of gibberish. Okay, once we have a phonetically plausible phrase, we can decipher into something. However, it's the priming of the brain, the suggestion that really helps make it into the sound. And so if I went back and played that El Dorado clip again, 
after I read what I read, you're going to hear it much more clear. It won't be clear, but it'll be much more clear. And if you had just played it without telling me anything, like it would have been part of the audio quiz, I wouldn't heard. I would not have heard a single exactly. word. Yeah. Exactly. 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 So at this point, science was starting to take notice and said, well, maybe we ought to just jump in because people are getting a little crazy with this. Yeah, that works so well. So a skeptical DJ attended one of the Gary Greenwald's backmasking talks, and he uh, said, we need to kind of look into this. And so they set up some some experiments and with some, some real psychologists, real psychologists. And <laughs> they decided to uh, start their study by playing some passages from Lewis Carroll's Jabberwocky in the 23rd Psalm, and they played them backwards. And they wanted to find out if the content of the backwards message had any influence on the listeners, uh, either consciously or unconsciously. They wanted to see if people were hearing in rock music because they were trying to have active construction on the listeners' parts, or because Satan was telling them to do something. Now, that was the, the, the gist of their study. Like, what, what's going on? So after they, were, they had these passages, and they did it in a few different languages, they played them back for 65 people. They found that participants could discern things like what the sex of the speaker was or what language it was even. But when they tried to find any meaning from it, that didn't go as well. <laughs> so they also asked to the subjects to categorize the content of a backwards message, such as a nursery rhyme or a Christian message or a satanic message or a pornographic message. And the results were no greater than any than just random chance that they got the right meaning in the backwards message. So all this to say, which is kind of what we've been implying, that you can't understand backwards news. You, you, it's not it's not going to happen. You need to be suggested something. The other thing they found is that if you supply the listener with a little bit of suggestion, and especially if it's plausible, if it sounds a little bit like it, they they'll take it and run with it. So they will. Oh yeah, I totally heard that. I can definitely hear that. So. Certainly, what these studies did, and they were scientific real studies, they established that one, phonetic reversal, yes, we can kind of understand that it sounds like language we're trying to make sense, and two, that people are can be suggested to hearing the right thing, which makes total sense. That, at the time, was controversial. So two things happened from the whole backmasking controversy. First was more, legis more legislation and controversy, which is crazy, and we'll get to that in a second. But the second thing is what the musicians did. And so the reaction was bands and musicians started putting in real backwards messages in it, especially metal bands. They loved it. They started kind of self-fulfilling prophecy by these people. They started putting in backwards messages. So I mentioned ELO. They created a whole album making fun of this phenomenon called Secret Messages. And there was real backmasked messages all the way throughout. Welcome to the big show. Look out for danger ahead. You're playing me backwards. You know, they put all these phrases <laughs> in here. Uh, metal bands, like I said, peppered their albums with backmasking. Slayer, Cradle of Filth, Marilyn Manson all has pretty intentional backmasking. And it does sound kind of cool. I mean, especially if yeah. you're trying to be sinister sounding, there's nothing better. It's great that somebody even thought of this at any point, whether it was George Martin, John Lennon, or somebody. Oh, I know. I know. It's so yeah. inventive. And so then Christian rock groups started putting backmask messages in, like a, a Christian rock group, Petra, in their song Judas, Judas Kiss. They put it. A backmask message and what are you looking for the devil for you ought to be looking for the lord in a backmask message which is great frank zappa put some stuff and he did this kind of early on he did it more as he wanted to record kind of some of the scene lyrics and the record company wouldn't let him do it so he just reversed it and put it on the record anyways so that's kind of cool and the funniest one i found and it's actually really good i'm gonna play it for you is that prince put a backmask message at the end of darling nikki which uh is not a song that needed any more controversy but if you listen, if you listen to Darling Nick, and I'm gonna play it, I'm gonna play the song as it is on the record, and then how you would hear it if you played it backwards. 
child listening to that started that PMRC. So probably wasn't very happy that there's a backward message. And you could hear, I mean, it was very intentional. It was very just kind of normal. But it sounds great. Prince Prince can do it forwards. He can do it backwards. So after, in the 80s, after the 70s and the early 80s, there's all these messages that two things happened. After all this backmasking fever kind of hit a peak, the government started trying to create legislation to stop the backmasking problem. In Arkansas, California, there are bills introduced trying to prevent backmasking in albums. At one point, a bill was almost successful in Arkansas that was going to mandate that there was a sticker, a warning sticker that said, warning, this record contains backward masking, which may be perceptible at a subliminal level when the record is played forward. That made it all the way up to Governor Bill Clinton's desk. And And it's crazy because Arkansas is known for being so progressive. (laughs) <laughs> that, they would have, that they would have done this. Yeah. And but I mean, even in California, they were trying to do this. Uh, there was government action called for in Texas and in, in Canada. It never really got there. CDs came around before, and it kind of died down as, as tapes and CDs and more scientific knowledge came out about this. But there's also two pretty high-profile court cases. The first was, in 88, Richard Ramirez, the serial killer, said that ACDC's music specifically the song Night Prowler on the Highway to Hell album, inspired him to commit murder. So that guy I mentioned before, David John Oates, claimed that Highway to Hell, the same album, contains back messages. I am the law. My name is Lucifer. She belongs in hell. And so ACDC's Angus Young responded, you don't need to play the album backwards because we never hid the messages. We call the album Highway to Hell. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Great Um, response. The second big court case was a civil action against Judas Priest saying that they were responsible for a suicide and attempted suicide after two teenage fans made a pact. And I guess the kid that lived through it said they thought they needed to do that because of what was planted in a song called Better By You, Better Than Me. And they said that the message they heard that was planted in there said, do it, do it, let's get dead. And so I'm going to play that for you backwards. Thank you. 
you can hear do it. I guess you can hear Let's Get Dead. I mean, it sounds sounds kind of scary. And that you can go and see um, clips of Rob Halford, the lead singer of Judas Priest, testifying about that. I mean, it's crazy that it got that far. Thankfully, the case was dismissed by the judge. And he said, scientific research presented does not establish that subliminal stimuli, even if perceived, may precipitate conduct of this magnitude. There's lots of other factors, which is a pretty reasonable thing to say. And Jewish priest members commented that if they wanted to insert uh, subliminal commands in their music, messages leading to the deaths of their fan would be counterproductive. Yeah, wouldn't they pr- try to get them to buy more records? That's exactly what they said. Oh, okay, okay, okay. sorry. Put, I mean, put, buy more records. Okay. Yep. I think, I, rem- I think the only reason I said I may have subliminally remembered that. You probably did. Like I said, the invention and the rise of tapes and CDs kind of died it down. When computers got big, it kind of came back up again. And I remember you talk about you actually played records backwards. I remember trying to play Revolution Number no. 9 backwards on my computer. The technique is mostly used now to, as a purposeful aesthetic measure, Missy Elliott's Work It song. It was real big, I think, in the late 90s. I mean, it was very intent to play backwards. And then they sometimes use it in place of an obscenity. And I, I remember this. I don't know why I added this one, just because it's a personal memory. But there's a Tom Petty, a late Tom Petty song called You Don't Know How It Feels, not MTV, where he says, roll another joint. It's like, roll another... It's just joint backward. And so that's more uh, more common now. I guess to sum it all up, since it is Halloween, the scary thing is really how these things can kind of get out of hand and how we can make things into such a big deal that are not a big deal. And not that this happens nowadays. It's so strange that people could just not accept science. I know, I know. Well, and there was something, I mean, it sounds crazy, like it's 2017, but I was reading something, and basically somewhere, I want to say the Philippines or something, some some political guy got in trouble because his opponent said he was putting subliminal messages in his campaign, and he got in trouble for it. He had to go to court somewhere. So this is not exactly dead all over the world. Brian Gardner, he's a writer for Atlas Obscura. He did an article kind of similar to what I'm talking about, but he had a great quote at the end. Is backwards music may have fallen out of fashion, but backwards thinking is alive and well. So that's the end of my turntable talk. Let's listen to some Halloween tunes. Okay, I am up first with my first scary song of the show. The song I've chosen today is by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, you may all know Screamin' Jay from, from Jim Jarmusch films or from having 70-some children that they people were on the lookout for after he passed away or just being the guy who originally did I Put a Spell on You and it's far and away the best version of all time. There's no way anybody could top that. But uh, I'm going to play a song for you called The Whammy. So here you go. I met a big woman With eyes of fury And a voice His heart stone How she get me? Mm, couldn't live without me. Did she use her mojo phone? She put the whammy. Well, she threw the whammy. Well, 
a shotgun. A big long shotgun. Hop in the bell upside my head. I said, release me. Highline woman, release me. I'll blow the moonlight clean through your bald head. was again that was screaming jay hawkins hopefully a lot of you know who that is and, and as much about him as, as you possibly can he's just an amazing incredible guy and that song is called the whammy it's from 1964 it was originally on roulette uh, i do not have a seven inch of that i don't know i don't even know if how much that would be going for there are two versions of the whammy and i think my problem with trying to get it on a seven inch is one of the versions i don't really care for the one i played for you is the one i really like and i have it on a compilation of screaming jay hawkins songs so on one side it has the the version i don't care for and the other side it has the version I like. Yeah, I have a very similar compilation. I, I was so worried to find a Screaming Jay Hawkins record that didn't have the right whammy. Right. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> No whammies. Well, one whammy. Just, <laughs> it's especially like that line where he says, I'm going to blow the moonlight clean through your big bald head. That's, that is just such a great we, line. We need to have that in there. Anyway, we don't really need to go in too much with that. Uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, the whammy. Everyone should own this. Find it. It's one of the most fun Halloween songs of all time. It should be on every Halloween mix. All right, it is to you. Great. I'm so glad you picked Screaming Jay because I wanted to, but I kind of figured one of us would. So um, I'm going to play a song. You know the A side of the song. This is the B side of the 45 I have. Chances are, if you're listening to this around Halloween, you have heard the A side of the song in the past week. I want to match. I'll take your chains off later, Frankie. Master, please let me match. Your next Igor might have Perianus. Hey, Boris, I still like the Transylvania twist better. Who asked you, you bloodsucker? Thank you. 
my style. All right, let's try it with a little bit of soul now. All right, now let's try it without soul. Somebody step on my way. Look up, my children of the night. to the Monster Mash, which is just called Monster Mash Party. Um, and this was the, the Monster Mash singles put out on Garpax Records in 1962. Uh, Bobby Boris Pickett was an aspiring actor, and he was in a band called The Cordials. And then one night he, when he was in the band, he did a monologue where he was imitating Boris Karloff while performing The Diamond's Little Darling. The audience went nuts, and one of the band members said, you should do something with that. They went and they found this, this guy, Gary Paxton, who owned Garpax Records, and basically came up and composed the Monster Mash. Uh, the Monster Mash is an amazing song. I love it. I've listened to it all year. But the B-side is a lot of fun, too. And it's a song I don't think most people have heard. You're not going to hear it on the radio. It's kind of a great party starter. It is... There's no singing. There's a, some talking, as you heard, and some bad jokes. But, you know, I think it's definitely worth hearing. Kind of a fun fact about it is that Le a young Leon Russell is the guy playing that great organ track on there. And uh, Darlene Love, who worked with Phil Spector, actually, I don't think she's on Monster Mash Party, but she's one of the backup singers on Monster Mash. And so the Monster Mash single shot up to number one on October 20th, 27th of 62. And since then, it's been perennial Halloween favorite. And it was kind of a brilliant song because it drew on two fads. One was kind of the, the twist-inspired dance craze fad of the 60s. He pretty much copied Mashed Potato Time by D.D. Chirp. And the other craze that was going on was the, the movie monster craze. And so uh, a lot of the repackaging for, for television of the Universal Studios monsters. And so he put both of these together in kind of a parody. But it's one of those parodies that seems to have outlived either of the other two things. It was, <laughs> it was, that, was a, that was its inspiration. Anyways, not a lot to talk about. It's fun, danceable, kind of old-fashioned, and it's a great way to start your Halloween party. My other song is a complete departure. This is a song called The Witch, and it's by a guy named Mark Fry. It's more towards the spooky side. So uh, go ahead and listen to this. This is The Witch by Mark Fry. Mm -hmm. 
painter and folk artist, psychedelic folk artist, and he came out with this great brooding, kind of sinister sounding acid folk song, which is from a, a rare Italian-only album. Uh, original copies go for $4,000. I have a, a, a reissue from Merlin's Nose Records, um, and it's it's kind of a little bit past the psychedelic prime and the acid folk prime. It kind of sounds like a Donovan song, but, but basically this, this kid, this English kid went to art school in Italy. And he managed to swing in an audition with an Italian subsidiary label, RCA. And based on his audition, they signed a 10-year deal, even though they only put out one record. The record that he did put out was called Dreaming with Alice. It was on RCA ITBC, some sort of Italian record label. And it came out in, in 71. So he tried to record it one time. It wasn't very successful recording with Italian musicians, but they had some uh, Scottish musicians that were there, and they kind of set up a home studio, and they recorded this really cool album. It has a lot of tape tricks. It's got a backwards recorded song. It's got the title track is divided up, so it's like in between all the songs. So you've got this 10-minute title track song called Dream with Alice, which mm-hmm. is an allusion to Alice in Wonderland, but it's divided up throughout the album, which is kind of a neat thing. I don't know how many people have done that. He played around Italy for a while, went back to England. He got mailed like four or five copies of the record. He forgot about it, uh, which must be great to be able to record an album, get a few copies of it, and then just not think about it. But he got more into painting and stuff like that. And then eventually when the internet hit, he saw that, oh my gosh, my, my record's kind of a sought-after item. And so he, like I said, it's been re-released recently. I don't know. It's just uh, something about a song about a witch cutting up a tomato. It's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite Halloween songs one you probably have heard and i hope you liked it perfect that is that is awesome my last song i'm just gonna go ahead and play it for you here i love this song uh i'll play it now and then we will talk a little bit about it in a building tall With a stone wall around There's a rubber room When a man sees things And hears sounds It's not there He's headed for The rubber room Illusions in a twisted mind To save from self-destruction It's the rubber room Where a man can run into the wall 
Till his strength makes him fall and lie still And wait for help in the rubber room From his blurry vision of doom A cycle in the rubber room The man in the room right next to mine Screams a woman's name Hits the wall in vain He's in the rubber room I hear footsteps pounding on the floor God, I hope they don't stop at my door mm, I'm in the rubber room Now they've come to get me, but they find I'm a-screaming pretty words, trying to make them rhyme I'm in the rubber room That was Porter Wagner with a song called The Rubber Room. It's just a scary, weird country song. And he did he did quite a few of those. He was creepy in when he did normal songs. Uh, this one, he kind of he kind of outdid himself. Uh, this is from a 1972 album called What Ain't To Be Just Might Happen. And it was on RCA Victor, as I think most of his albums were. He has a lot of great albums. Uh, the, the albums that I mostly have from him are around the 1966 area, like the Cold Heart Facts of Life, which which is wonderful. This one, I do not have the album. I have a 45 on a label called Wavy Gravy that on one side has this song, and on the other side it has Eddie Nowak's song Psycho, which very easily could have been on this in this episode as well. It's like Excitable Boy or something, or Maxwell Silverhammer, but countrified. That's my Porter Wagner song. That's my Halloween. Those are my Halloween songs for the day. Awesome. All right, so I think all that's left is to answer some trivia questions. That's right. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to play all of those songs, seven songs again. Here we go. Track one. Track three. And you won't believe what Mr. Stitches saw. There's poison underneath the sink, of course. There's also enough formaldehyde to choke a horse. Track four. Promise, copies when I have these bad dreams to try and put endings on the, the dreams, like I come out a winner, but every time I try to do that, um, I just can't get anywhere. It seems that 
Brother, may it serve you well. Track six. songs. Let's go ahead and see if you have number one. I don't. My guess was Sonic Youth. Okay, it is Slint. Slint. Uh, with Don Amen. Don Amon, I think. Uh, Spider Lion? It is, yeah. Track two. I don't know, I guess. Eno. The song is called In Dark Trees, which I always forget. It's on uh, Before and After Sons. Uh, the, the next track, track three. Got that one. That one is Tom Waits What's He Building in There? There you go. Track four. Uh, I got the band. The band is the Buckle Surfers. Okay. I cannot remember. You got really surfers. close during when we were playing this. You were guessing, and you got super, super close with your final guess, but I did not give you any kind of look of recognition. It is 22 going on 23. Oh, I did get close. Okay. Track six. Uh, track five. Track five. I'm okay. sorry. Yes, track yeah, five. Yeah. I got that yeah. one. That's why I wanted you to go back to it. That one is, and we've talked about this in the, in the show today, that is Revolution Number 9. That is correct. Uh, track six. Perubu. Oh. Okay. The song uh, called Sentimental Journey off of Mo- the Modern Dance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. I should have played more of his words. That would have helped. He's got such a strange voice. He does. Track seven. I don't know. My guess was Zuzu. Wire. Wire. Gosh. The song is called The Other Window, and it's from 154. I like that because they're, maybe other than the Butthole Surfers, they're all bands that are not like known for being particularly like creepy. creepy. Right. Ooh, great quiz. That's going to put a midnight to our uh, podcast. There we go. First Halloween special. If you do play the podcast backwards and you find some messages, they are totally intentional and follow them to the T. And the Church of Satan is open. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great Halloween. As always, why don't you go and get some records for the record store? And we should have mentioned, we should have gone through some very good Halloween rock and roll costumes, potentially, like Kurt Cobain <laughs> at the end. Elvis Presley at the end. There you go. Elliot Smith with a knife or scissors. There's uh, rumors to each. Mama Cass with the the ham sandwich. Yep, yep. You just have a ham sandwich stuck to your face. Or Jimi Hendrix with vomit. Mark Bolin. If you put a little dented up car around you and a tree. You could get a couple handlebars and be Nico. There you go. You could could be Sonny Bono pretty easily. (laughs) A tree and skis. Welcome. Permit me to interrupt myself. 
I am called Dracula. I am really the Bebop Vampire. I like the sun. I like the sun to shine. Drink. We must all drink. Everybody must drink. Today on the market we got instant blood for you to drink. I want you all to drink. Ah, that's it. That's good. That's good. Drink, drink. Quench, quench your thirst. Quench your thirst. Good. Children, you over there, drink your soup before it clots. Put the children to bed. Uh, children, uh, drink your blood and bite your mama good night. Bite your mama good night. Put two more marks on your mama's jugular vein. Go away. Go away for the moment. Let me do my work. Go away. Go away. You know I must do my work. I must do my experiments. Go away. I will find a victim. Don't worry. I shall find a victim. Dracula will find a victim. Are you looking strange? You're not a vampire. I am a vampire, not you. If you don't stay away, I will take your ukulele, and then you'll become a vampire. If you become a vampire, you will understand. Don't worry. Bela, Bela will return. Bela shall come back. But master, master, those strange sounds. What are those strange sounds, master? Don't worry, Chuba. The children of the night make such beautiful music. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 